0: Everybody, welcome to the city girls pod and this is the show where we're looking at sex in the city and uh, we are on season three episodes 13 14 15 today's we're almost done season three and i'm film critic risha wagner and Jax is here hello how are you doing
1: i'm good there's a lot of interesting um sex in the city and just like that Stuff in the ether now. Mm -hmm, An article about Che that came out, and then another one about the feud between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall. So I'm I'm really I'm I'm deep in it. How about you?
0: (laughs) Good. And if you want to find that Che article, at least uh, make sure you're following City Girls Pod on Twitter because I make sure to try to share anything like that going on in the world of Sex and the City over there. And we definitely have to say that this is a mature podcast for a mature show. So if that's not your jam, don't listen to this one' especially this one I and mean, we were going to the, Playboy Mansion and things like that. So don't.
1: (laughs) There are so many other things on the Hallmarkies Pod. Yes, listen to if you're looking for G-rated stuff, and it's all good.
0: That's right. Not this (laughs) one. Well, I'm I'm certainly proud of it all. So it's it's not your jam. Don't don't worry about it. Um. So these episodes, we do get uh our girls out of New York, which is always a fun kind of. Dynamic to see them in different uh, situations, settings. Yeah,
1: I've always been a fan of this in TV shows. Like, I remember when it would be like Family Matters or Full yeah. House. Yeah. Like, they go to Disney or they go somewhere away, and it's like a very special episode. I always think it's fun to get out of uh, the comfort zone that the show exists mm-hmm. in. I
0: agree. So basically, they the this first episode is called Escape from New York, and. Uh, they go to los angeles uh because a uh a production company is wanting to option off carrie's column and i i feel like this is kind of similar to he's just on in the into you getting basically optioned and made into a movie it's kind of the same idea
1: yeah 100 percent. and this one was a lot of fun to see the celebrity sightings um in this one celebrities who are playing themselves and not playing themselves in this mm-hmm. series of mm-hmm. la episodes it felt very la
0: yeah it did and uh we we also have charlotte coming uh, uh home from her honeymoon and i have to wonder what was trey expecting was he really so naive that he thinks this is not going to be problem. It seems like he just thought, Oh, well we love each other. So it's not going to be a problem at all. That he's basically impotent.
1: Yeah. And I find what is most troubling in all of this is not the actual mechanics of what is, or what is not going on, but the way he reacts to it and that he can't talk about it also like, just because you're impotent doesn't mean that you can't kiss and do a plethora of other things but I don't Mm -hmm. even really see them being terribly affectionate yes a little bit of kissing and like holding and stuff but not really he's not really being there for her physically in a way that isn't even necessarily sexual
0: yeah and it's yeah it seems like he doesn't even like her which I don't know why did he get married to her
1: it really seems like she like checks that box for him of what a perfect wife is um but it's so troubling
0: yeah it seems like how did he possibly expect this was going to be a functional marriage uh if he wasn't willing to talk about things and then we see in the next episode that it's not even that he he's not actually impotent in like a technical medical way um and so i don't know i mean i guess he just thought that his like porn addiction basically was going to be kept hidden and I don't know he was just a very weird character
1: yeah and I mean I don't know if it gets into this later with Trey I can't remember or if it's just something that like that I've read about that a lot of men have I shouldn't say a lot of men have that some men have and maybe women but I've heard it more with men where it's like that's something in their brain that once they like are they love someone and they view them as their wife, and they have a hard time viewing them as like a sexual in a sexual sense. But then also, then again, that is something to work on in therapy, which he does yeah. excited about going to well,
0: yeah and and to he seems to be completely oblivious to the fact that this would be a problem even uh, that he, he he acts like Charlotte should just be fine with all of this, which is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that's true. They get really good at golf, though, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to go on your honeymoon and to never consummate your relationship, that's bad. That's bad.
1: Yeah. And like, it's the fact that it doesn't seem also like they've even gotten close. Yeah. There's yeah. no like hanky panky, like foreplay. Like, it's like they are just, Golfing, and I don't know, like you know, it just doesn't even seem like there's any romance, yeah. Let alone you, like could,
0: stuff. you could have it get an annulment at this point, yeah, because there hasn't been any, uh, um, you know, they haven't consummated the relationship, so yeah, you could get an annulment, not even a divorce, if she wanted, um. And, and you would have a valid case for basically claiming deceit as an annulment.
1: Yeah, and it, especially in this case where it's like, Trey absolutely was not forthcoming about any of this. In fact, like he acted like Charlotte was the one who was like setting the tone for not doing it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to LA, our three, uh, three of our girls, and Samantha meets a very interesting model <laughs> um, and he was kind of annoying i actually thought i didn't
1: really like yeah. yeah he he was annoying and and not terribly attractive and then when we actually saw what he was working with in terms of the size of his package i can't imagine that that would not be anything other than excruciatingly painful
0: yeah well i mean and supposedly samantha has already rejected somebody for being too big so i would think that this would not work i did think it was a little funny when he's like starts spouting poetry (laughs) she's like uh he
1: just wants to be seen for more than a wee wee
0: (laughs) right I can move to New York and pursue my passions
1: (laughs) date, Samantha. And she's like, ah, let's pump the brakes on that. No, thank you.
0: Right. (laughs) And so Carrie is like the worst driver. I mean, I know that driving stick is hard, but like usually the hard part about driving stick is getting started. Once you're going, it's actually, you it's actually pretty easy, you know, cause you're not, this is the changing the gears. That's, that's a little bit hard. I mean, she was like, what was happening? I mean, the car was like jerking back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, <laughs> and why did she rent this car? Why didn't she get it automatic if she can't drive stick? <laughs> It's like she, she willingly entered
1: into this knowing that she wouldn't know how to drive it and then put herself, her friends and frankly, anyone on the road at
0: risk. <laughs> right, well, and, and not only is it a stick shift but it's also like an old, like a vintage stick shift which are harder to get into gear. So you're making things extra difficult. Uh, it was like a Mustang or something like like an yeah. old old car. And uh, so I'm just like, why did she, I, it was, did Matthew McConaughey get her that car? Or I don't know what she was thinking with that. <laughs> I'm like, you were a terrible driver.
1: She's bad. And I, well, I texted this to you. I don't drive, but that's because I know that I'd be like Carrie. So I don't put myself or anyone else get risk. I've never had a license because I know that I would be Carrie, but Carrie's just out there. <laughs> shuffling along i love how sam gets out of the car
0: He's <laughs> like this is ridiculous i got a date with a, a model yeah um, that- yeah and uh so then uh miranda meets a guy named uh named jason dicku which was funny
1: <laughs> that was funny
0: yeah uh, and uh he uh, Uh, And Carrie meets uh, the most ambitious and feared creature in all of LA, the junior development executive. (laughs) That was funny.
1: Sarah is so cute in this role. Yeah. I I love, I mean, I love her work and I met her once. I used to work at, it's a kid's play class type thing in New York Uh called My Gym. And she came in with her kids. This was when I first moved to New York, like 10 years ago. And I was freaking out and fangirling, but like quietly. And she was the nicest person. So, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, she's a good one. And she's still married to Freddie Prince. Yeah, Jr. it's first so cute.
0: Years. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it that, so the end of, and just like that, uh, Che is going off to LA for their sitcom and, uh, and, I could see bringing Sarah Michelle Gellar back. That wouldn't that be fun?
1: Rachel, as you were saying it, <laughs> no lie. I literally got like a little chill because that would be fun. And it would make us feel like there's some more connectivity that I think we're actually kind of missing. And mm-hmm. just like
0: that. Yeah, I don't think, I, I don't know if Sarah Michelle is acting these days, but if they could convince her to come out of retirement uh, just for, little run i think it would be it would be very fun to see uh her back interacting with miranda and with che i think it would be good i'd enjoy it
1: i love that and i love the whole junior development exec grown up what's yeah yeah
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so then uh matthew mcconaughey wants to be involved and if we remember like 2000s was when matthew mcconaughey wasn't like the oscar winning actor that we know today he was more the uh uh being in movies like uh um what's it called the one he's in with sarah jessica parker the
1: oh failure to launch oh,
0: i that hate that launch? movie so <laughs> i never seen it so bad i hate it um most of his movies most of the rom-coms he did with like Kay hudson and people like were terrible and i i was saying that i really feel like like 2005 to 2010 really the 2000s hurt romantic comedies a lot there were so many bad ones and so much as a streak of bad ones that were kind of mean-spirited and annoying and I, i i really think that the kind of fallout for that is why we didn't have hardly any romantic comedies for the next 12 years for, for the 2010s. There were almost none in that whole decade. And we're just this year. It's so exciting. Cause I feel like we're finally getting, you know, some romantic comedies being made and, you know, and shows as well. Uh, and, but there was just that stretch. I was talking about it with uh, we were doing a 2010 um, ranking uh, over, um, t- uh, talking Disney, my friend, um, Stanford and I, and they had, uh, went in Rome and you again, which were both just in my opinion, terrible romantic comedies. Um, uh, and there was just that stretch where a lot of them were just unpleasant, not romantic, not great.
1: I think that's a really good point. And actually like an excellent, like think piece and also like such a, cultural entertainment shift that because of a streak of, and I like you pointed this out, Rachel, not romantic and mean-spirited quote unquote rom-coms. And that is not what it's, it basically like warped the idea of what the genre is and was supposed to be.
0: Yeah. So I'm glad that Matthew Cronaghy moved away from the, mm-hmm. <laughs> from the terrible robcom i kind of be interested now to kind of come back maybe and do something um just to see uh where um where what he could do with it now where we're at but uh, uh but i i just yeah like i said failure to launch um it is i wonder if that if they're working on this show it was part of the reason why they ended up doing that but it's just not for me I don't enjoy that movie um and let's see i'm trying to see what like his filmography what he was making um so yeah 2001 he would do the wedding planner which was yeah which is fun enough and then how to lose a guy in 10 days was 2003 so those were two good ones uh particularly how to lose a guy in 10 days and then it was more after that that yeah like i said 2005 to like 2012 is the real like Um, fool's gold <laughs> failure to launch. Um, uh, let's see here. ghost of girlfriends past, which is terrible. Oh, yeah. I hate that. Um, I don't know there was just a bunch of really bad
1: ones. <laughs> you know, you're right though. As far as like, he managed to escape that then and I do think that the scene he has with Carrie in this episode is hilarious. I think she's really funny in it too. And also the fact that he identifies with big and it's like, you know, what about Carrie? Carrie's Carrie. So yes. like, yeah, I'm Carrie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he says, I'm Mr. Big. And what the F is Carrie's problem. And so I guess, I mean, she has literally been saying everything in her column that's been happening in her personal life. Evidently.
1: It's wild. Like we don't, I think what we don't always realize, and they didn't really, they don't tell us everything in the show. It's like we know the column that she's writing that week and the question of the episode and you know what the voiceovers telling us. Mm-hmm. But there's so much other stuff that she writes that it's like, oh, she really does
0: spill it all. Because I don't think as far as her call like the big column question of the day i can't think of a single one that actually says mr big in in specifics but evidently I the either. actual column itself she's talking about him in specifics Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh and uh you know she asks can you the big question of this episode is can you ever escape your past and so then we have the uh um She says, I'm exhausted from McConaughey mania.
1: (laughs) He does have a lot of energy. I mean, there's a lot coming at that. And I say this as someone who I know I can have sometimes energy that's a little too much for some people. But whoa, he is intense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I let me say LA is open. Hi, I have sex in New York. Sex is so bottom shelf paper bag. It's all hidden.
1: (laughs) That was funny.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, and so Miranda starts to kind of admire these women that she sees as, as, a, uh, kind of what's the good word. Um, very open with their sexuality and very open with their wardrobe. And I think it's kind of interesting when we first see them in LA, you have Samantha in this kind of, um, blue pantsuit thing. Um, yes. and, uh, and then you have Carrie in this sort of ruffly flower uh, kind of look. And then Miranda is in a, basically a little black dress. Yeah. Looks very formal. Uh, and, and very uh, which, New York. Yeah. And I think that shows a lot of kind of their three personalities. Someone who's mm-hmm. more rigid. Someone who's more um, fly by the seat of her pants kind of with, mm-hmm. with Carrie kind of being the uh, in-between of the three.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Oh, That's interesting. I and found
1: the way that they spoke about that they spoke about some of these women and the way they dressed, and then saying, like, assuming that they were prostitutes. Uh, the conversation made me feel strange in that. Uh, I don't know. I just don't like when women talk about other women in a demeaning way, whether or not they are sex workers or not, or or assuming that they're sex workers or I don't know. I just,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not being articulate about it, but it makes me feel sick.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like on one hand, I like the fact that she admired them for their boldness, I guess, in her eyes, but yeah, Um, the going to that extra level of assuming they're prostitutes because of how they dress is. Uh, a little much
1: yeah although it makes for a really funny moment where she asked that woman if she's a prostitute and she's like i'm a lawyer for Disney. yeah that
0: was good i wrote that down yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so carrie can't sleep she's struggling and so she talks to uh she talks to charlotte and gives her the tip of the uh of testing i've had a test tray um and so she does it uh, with stamps and I, yeah i mean i don't know he's just a confusing character i i don't feel like anybody would really behave the way that he behaves it doesn't really feel like an authentic character that somebody that's seems like a stable adult in all other ways would be so oblivious like why did he get married i i just don't understand
1: yeah it does you're right it feels a little bit and we don't really delve into much about trey and his life he does sort of mm-hmm. seem like this, like you said like a stock character or a stereotype yeah. although yeah. it is really funny when she puts the stamps on his package yeah. uh it's just a cute little thing and it's one of those things from sex in the city that you remember as being a thing
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: like when and the line when Carrie says, I laugh so hard at this, Rachel. She tells her what to do, and then she goes, I sound like a perverted Nancy Drew. All right. <laughs> I laugh so hard. <laughs> it's like you do, but I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. So then they go to the cowboy bar and they ride the mechanical bull. And it was kind of funny to me because they acted like this was like a wild, like, what else do you do in a country bar? I mean, I don't know. I don't go to bars, but isn't that kind of par for the course?
1: Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I, um, I've never ridden a mechanical bull, <laughs> but, uh, but I actually probably wouldn't cause I think I'd get hurt, but I don't even think it's necessarily like, you're not doing anything like particularly wild on it like it's not (laughs) i mean they're from new york and i don't think that they've seen many more shocking things than a mechanical bull but she does take it to the next level yeah
0: yeah so carrie decides to not go to the meeting and he says if i could master the stick shift it could mat i could master a successful relationship uh and I think master is probably strong.
1: Yeah. Let's be fair. (laughs) Or what she's doing. (laughs) There's no mastering of this dick chip going on here.
0: Yeah. Uh, So what would you give this episode one to 10?
1: Oh, Rachel, that's tricky. Mm. I really enjoyed these series of episodes. I thought it was fun to get a little break from New York. And I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. And it was fun to see Matthew McConaughey. So I'm actually going to go with an eight. I, I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, that's what I was going to say. I think it's, it's a very solid episode. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast.
1: By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group.
0: You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast.
1: And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more.
0: It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family
1: please consider and we will love you forever
0: go to patreon.com hallmarkies
1: that's patreon.com slash hallmarkies
0: in in new york for episode 14 and this is called sex and another city and we learn about la the land of the perpetual bikini wax holy cow
1: this was really funny because I feel like this was another one of those episodes that really worked its way into uh, the zeitgeist of uh-huh. people talking about it.
0: Yeah. I can't even imagine. That would be so painful.
1: <laughs> and it was a surprise
0: for him. It kind of reminded me of, I think it's Jerry Seinfeld, I think, that has a whole comedy bit where he says... I'll never understand women about how you can take boiling hot wax, rub it on your upper thigh, rip the hair out by the root, and still be afraid of a spider. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that sounds I like so
1: that. Funny. Wait, who said Jerry Santa? I
0: think it was Jerry Sanders. That's I'll funny. Still be afraid of a spider. Uh-huh. So Uh, Miranda meets up with Letterman Lou and Lou has is just living his best life in LA and he kind of he starts out you think he's living his best life he's lost weight he's happy he's uh at peace he's going to yoga whatever um he's he's one of he's one of the happy people now (laughs) I (laughs) thought thought he was pretty cute
1: I thought he was very cute like I was not I don't want to say surprisingly in Tim, but I just thought he was so adorable. And I thought I was like, I wonder if he's Rachel's type. Because I just thought he was really cute.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sam Cedars' name. He's still cute. Oh my gosh. Really? I'm he's still working. He's a, he's on Bob's burgers. Um, he's a I guess voice actor. Yeah. That's really Look at him. cool. Way to go. Um yeah, uh, it looks like almost everything he's done lately are all voice acting. So yay that makes me like him even more
1: (laughs) yeah i know i was gonna say yeah i i I saw him and i thought "Mm, i think this might be one that would (laughs) go rachel's fancy yeah
0: Yeah, there we go uh and it looks like he's even done some directing um it doesn't look like anything i know but um yeah he's still working busy um but yeah he uh he's seemingly loving uh LA but then we find out later that he he has lots of problems like he's going to the steakhouse taking pieces of the steak and then spitting it out which i mean, is crazy
1: he's got like a full blown like eating disorder that yeah. he's doing that and like i think it it was interesting I've known a couple people who have made the move from New York to LA and some people it really agrees with. And then other people they're like, I love it. And you're like, do you? And I think that that's what's interesting about Lou. It's like Miranda is so excited to like meet another New Yorker and to see someone who she thinks is gonna be like this cynical. And he's really tried to acclimate to LA life. And I love the way we, they're, like suggesting without saying it that he's like a writer for Friends,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, and it's surprising too because right around this time is when Adkins and South Beach and and uh, all of that were the big thing. So I I would think that he could eat steak just fine. Yeah, it would be the potato that would probably be more the the problem in this in this uh, era era. But uh but yeah, if you can't eat any food and you're spitting it out, that's bad.
1: Yeah, especially if it's gone so far that um you're doing it in front of other people. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like not that and you know, eating disorders are so complicated to talk about and you know. I've been lucky that I've never had one, but I've known, you know, people that have. And usually with it, there's like so much shame and trying to hide it. But he's like at this dinner, just being like, this is me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so then we also have a Samantha uh, meeting Hugh Hefner, which is like the most exciting moment of her life.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I actually was tickled at this whole plot line. And you know, when he says the, whole, the line of it's like, oh, you know, hanging out with three blondes, it's a regular day for you. And he's like, a slow one. Yeah. I actually just thought he was so uh, charming. And I don't know what it is. It's probably because when I was little, um, my family, who's, I would say, fairly conservative and all very Catholic, but my aunt for some reason had a pinball machine with Hugh Hefner and like his playboy bunnies there. I'm telling you like, she is so religious, Rachel. And like, (laughs) it was, but it was hilarious. So being like probably eight or nine, I was just, I would like look at this pinball machine and I had an affinity for like Hugh Hefner. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was so random.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's funny I mean I I feel like most women have that sort of side of them that you need like you have those buttons that need to be pressed and sometimes I guess a pinball machine is going to do it (laughs) so props to your aunt (laughs) Um, but we also meet Keith who is Vince Vaughn and he is uh, claiming to be an agent and he meets with Carrie and, and, uh, and Carrie, uh, he says, you're too pretty to be a writer, which for all my writer friends, <laughs> I'm very offended. <laughs>
1: uh, it, I've had uh, the opposite, twice I've had this happen where I've had a gone, I've gone to work events with um, Alex and twice, people have thought that I was a writer, I guess, because I was, like, asking a lot of questions. And I was, like, so, like, I felt so good about myself. <laughs> I was, like, yeah. oh, my God, you think I'm a writer? I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that this whole interaction, Yeah. I rolled my eyes. But I also thought what felt to me like a compliment in New York, um, like, in L.A., it's, like, there's so many, like, I don't want to say L.A. is superficial, but there's some superficial aspects to L.A. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was an interesting comment.
0: Yeah. Well, and then when we meet Carrie Fisher, oh, that was the best. It was so good. I I it just made me miss her so much. She's so great. And it was it was interesting, especially because right now they have um, young Leia on um, the Obi-Wan show. So she's just been kind of fresh on the mind. And, uh, and to, so to see her in this episode, uh, and was just great. She was so funny and wonderful. And, and, uh, she, and then when Carrie says the, the life I was coveting was Carrie Fisher's, <laughs> which <laughs> don't we all,
1: I mean, come on, let's be real. <laughs> and then she had, oh my gosh, how much were you cringing Rachel? When Carrie's like, you're Carrie. I'm Carrie. I write, you write. It's like, Oh girl, shut up, shut up, shut up. But it was, it was charming on both ends. I thought Sarah Jessica Parker was great in that scene and Carrie Fisher, the way she played it was, she's just like, not even mad. She's just like, I don't have time for whatever this is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I do not like doing photo ops at, at, at comic cons. I just, think they're stressful. You literally get like thrust in there. You get like 30 seconds with the person you're smiling. And, and <laughs> I don't know, it's just a weird thing, but Carrie is one I did it for. I love her so much. Wait, I, I, so know I that Yeah. So I got my picture with Carrie Fisher.
1: Oh, um, uh,
0: and, uh, cool. what's that?
1: That's completely worth it. Cause she's like mega star.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Oh. And, uh, they, she had her dog there at the shoot which was kind of funny and uh it's still it is a I just they find it a stressful to be a stressful experience but I've only done it with the the actual photo ops I've done it with her and I've done it with Jodie Benson who's the voice of Little Mermaid uh with Ariel um who I you know love and that movie was my childhood so that was really great that was worth it to me for those two and then there's uh, what I prefer is more at the cons doing more this, the selfies and it's usually more like lower tier people yeah. um that uh, that and it's usually way less expensive too and it's just a more pleasant experience so i like that way better um i actually got my picture with Ralph Macchio before the whole everything um what's that show called that he's in now cobra kai before it, that all happened my he gosh. was just, i got my selfie with Ralph
1: Macchio okay he talking about like love maps and when you're a kid and like what forms your experiences looking at him and then the song of like I am (laughs) the man who will fight for your honor it was like oh my gosh was he was he like sexy in person
0: well I mean he's 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 one of those actors who uh who it seems like he stays the same age no matter what he looked exactly the same (laughs) okay but uh but yeah he was great he was super nice very friendly he'd just done dancing with the stars uh the like the uh year that year so i'd seen him on that and anyway uh carrie was just she's a legend she was the best she really was
1: there's nobody there's nobody like i don't know we she's just one of those people that when she passed like so many i don't know i think she just really touched her fans
0: yeah and a lot of people that don't realize how good of a writer she was i mean that's the one thing i did like about that moment was that the focus was on her writing as opposed to her acting yeah of course she's brilliant but uh but the her writing she did she was a script doctor she fixed a ton of movies um she would go in and uh and you know not only that but writing her own scripts like postcards from the edge and things like that so it was it was great um we also have charlotte uh deciding to come to la uh, and she says la agrees with me i'm supremely unhappy in new york and i thought that it might be fun to kind of talk about what do you feel as a new yorker the uh the stereotype of the angry New Yorker? Do you feel like it's earned?
1: Um, ooh, good question.
0: Because <laughs> you're I one of the think... least angry people that I know. You're so <laughs> positive. <laughs> kind, sweet.
1: Um, what I will say is that there have been a few times in New York where I know I've been that stereotype. Um, because I think something about New York is that it really pushes you to live intensely. But what I want to say to sort of like caveat that is that there's been numerous times in New York that I've seen something happen on the street. Like one time I saw someone having a seizure um, and I witnessed a car accident and then another time, another accident. And people in New York come together in a way that I just think is so incredible and like touching it's like everyone's like how can i help what can i do and people like spring into action i think that the stereotype of the angry new yorker is in some ways true and earned because people are just living like their emotions are like right on the surface but um i generally think people here are really nice (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, i've had great experience anytime i've been to new york i the only time i i guess i felt sort of the angry new york kind of spirit i mean i grew up on the east coast so maybe that's part of it but is it's just is is if you're being slow and people need to move people Mm -hmm. like get out of my way what are you doing why are you standing here in the middle of the sidewalk like there'll be times when i'm kind of looking for directions and figure out where to go and people are like "Ah, go move over move over i'm like okay sorry uh that that's kind of where i feel it most i think
1: That's a really good point because I am someone who is, can be a tiny bit oblivious and I've definitely been like chewed out of the way. Like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, I'm just whatever. So, and I'm a daydreamer too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to that. Do you, when someone says something to you, do you like clap back? Are you just like, okay.
0: No, I just, I just move over. I'm just too, I'm a little bit shy that way. I wouldn't want a confrontation certainly with, with a stranger. So yeah, I would just move out of the way
1: that's what that's that's what's difficult about like like I know my personality I can let a conflict go if it's with me but there's been a few times where I've seen someone else like mm-hmm. twice in New York I've seen a man yell at a woman and I can't keep my mouth shut like I scream at the guy mm-hmm. and I like one time it happened I was with Alex and he was like you I love that you want to do that he's like but you could really get hurt and I was like I don't care but I think I probably need to know when I'm not helping and I don't think I was helping this woman or myself in this case
0: mm-hmm. yeah well they say Carrie says that in New York a first date is dinner in a movie in LA it's lunch and seeing a 3.4 million dollar house
1: that was funny that was it's funny. a nice house
0: yeah really nice uh, and then Miranda says maybe it's time I stopped being so angry which is weird because again going to end just like that they decided to make her like kind of mousy and i don't know they just changed her character so much she's apologizing for bringing her partner cookies like
1: yeah what it it's still i'm really hoping that we see a turnaround in the second season of men just like that of randa like coming into her own again because I understand that people can change and we like to see people evolve, but it almost feels like it is not the core essence of who she is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so then we have Samantha getting the fake Fendi. And I feel a little bit like they have these people all over New York. This I don't understand why this is like what? Fake <laughs> you know, purses? This I've never heard of this. They're everywhere. What are you what's that? So I thought the exact same thing, Rachel.
1: Like I even before I moved to New York, I knew that like that was a thing in New York of like getting you get like your fake bag on canal yeah, yeah, street yeah. And whatever. I didn't know it was a thing in LA. Um, I mean, I could have assumed it was, but I yeah, I didn't I didn't get that at all.
0: If anything, it's more common. I as I mean, I've been to LA and I've been to New York fairly recently uh and there's more fake purses in in fact if you watched house of gucci uh there's a whole part of that movie where the lady gaga character realizes that they're making all these fake gucci's and she gets very upset (laughs) destroying a brand and and all this stuff (laughs) gucci Did I tell you that I got ev- evacuated with twenty minutes left of that movie from no, the theater? Yeah. Saying. Some it some stupid teen had like there was some kind of fire in the kitchen area, some kind of whatever that made made them have to evacuate the whole movie theater. Yeah, but so we missed all of the juicy stuff the <laughs> twenty minutes there. It was so weird. We're sitting there watching and they're like, Please exit the theater. <laughs>
1: Did you, you didn't get to go back and finish it, or how did it work? No, I
0: finally watched it because I got a screener uh, DVD uh, for uh, for being a critic. I got it, so then I watched the ending. <laughs> anyway, it was funny. <laughs> it's like okay, um, but um, but yeah, obviously in that movie, she's concerned because this uh, the all these fakes uh, dilute the brand yeah. and the value of the brand. And so that's one thing that Carrie asks: is uh, uh, is it good to have this fake Fendi, and then somebody steals Charlotte's fake Fendi uh, at the Playboy Mansion? And I the, the the only thing I didn't it was interesting to see Charlotte in this new environment, this different environment. Uh, but I feel like this this guy would not like offer to give her a boob job. <laughs> And like on day one, of meeting. I, I mean, I don't know. That seemed a little, no, little
1: especially, yeah. I mean, it's just expensive too. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like, okay, like I, I think that a comment about her, have you ever thought about getting your boobs done or something, would have been way more realistic than him offering. It's right. like, okay, you want to, I don't know how much a boob job is, but I think it's. Some bucks. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would think so. And uh so then she accuses uh somebody else of stealing her fake Fendi. It turns out it was real. And uh and it this inside it was it was all real and all the rest of me would grow back eventually, is what Carrie says. <laughs> so uh yeah, I think this one's pretty funny, uh pretty good. I think I would also give it an eight.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's just fun too. All uh, between Carrie Fisher and Vince Vaughn and like even Hugh Hefner, like just all of them, this whole LA vibe it was a lot of fun. And that Charlotte
0: got to join them. I I really mm-hmm. enjoyed too. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkey Smart Store. Are you looking for that perfect
1: gift for the postable hardy or Hallmarky in your life?
0: What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more.
1: You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more.
0: And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every
1: purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love.
0: There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. episode is called Hot Child in the City, and this is kind of more of our real New Yorkers uh, kind of I. Uh, discussion that we've been having um because samantha takes over the pr work for jenny briar who is this teenage basically like uh the um my super 16 kind of teenager uh who's very uh, very spoiled and uh but she basically behaves like an adult she sees like she knows what she wants and um but then we also have carrie dating wade who is the uh comic uh shop owner and he draws her as a superhero, um, but he is living with his mother, um, and uh, so that's kind of uh, to see. You also have that comparison with Trey because Trey is also very de- kind of dependent on his mother, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's an interesting discussion how we how how kind of dependent we should be how independent we should be as adults. Uh, and I think particularly when people see that with men that they, you know, like the whole "mama's boy kind of a thing uh, it, it can be a bit of a, a turnoff for people. And I don't know if it should be or not, but it, I think it is, that's a thing.
1: Well, I think it's a very interesting dynamic of, you know, I feel like in America, we sort of like you're saying, look down on people who live with their parents, but I think a lot of times um, it is a very nice thing if you are living in a multi-generational home. I think the problem is that with some of these dudes or like with the comic book guy who I was totally smitten with at the start it's like, he's not there to like provide, you know, additional love and support for his mom or like helping around the house or just being like another member of the family. It's like, he's acting like a teenage boy and kind of like not respecting what they want in their house, which is a huge eye roll for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that a lot of, of people that also changed their mind on things like this because of the pandemic, uh, because, we, you know, people were moving in back, moving back. Home. I knew a ton of people who moved back home yeah. who were living alone. Uh, but, uh, because they could also now work from home, they, uh, they moved back in with their families. And, uh, and I, it was even something that, you know, I thought about a little bit, not me actually moving, but I thought about, oh, that would be nice to have other people, uh, when you can't see other people to live, yes. you know, to not be living alone has its appeal?
1: Oh, 100%. And and like, I think that, like you said, so many people did that and it shifted the way we think about things. And um, like my brother lives with my mom and um, my parents are divorced, but he sees my dad every week. He helps out with all their stuff around the houses. Like, I, I don't know. I just think that um, I don't like the judgment surrounding it, but I'm more than okay to judge specific actions and behaviors. And in this case, mm-hmm. I don't feel like he was respecting his mom a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. Um, so we also have the, uh, uh, this whole thing with Jenny and as uh, he says, when you're a teenager, all you want to do is buy beer. And when you're an adult, all you want to do is get carded, which I thought was an mm-hmm. interesting point that, uh, and, and that is definitely not the beer part of it, but when I, I, I didn't like being a kid very much. I, I felt like I wasn't taken seriously and I wanted people to pay attention to me and what my thoughts were. And, and, uh, I remember one time at church, I, uh, I gave a talk on, I think it was David and Goliath. I gave a talk and I had researched it and I had, uh, you know, put a lot of time and work into the, into the talk because we don't have paid clergy in my church. And so people are from the congregation who are just asked to, you know, give, give talks anyway. Um, and so I did, uh, and I was just so annoyed because there were so many people who were like, I can't believe you, you know, you did that, or I can't, you, you gave this talk or, and, and that I, I guess I got it a little bit. It was it kind of felt like a backhand backhanded compliment of like, you know, that, People expect so little from our teenagers, you know. That why couldn't I research and and you know write a compelling talk, you know? Yeah. Why do you assume that I'm gonna just screw it up like that? That was kind of I remember being annoyed by that, and being like of course I well, did it.
1: And I love that because it's this thing of what I'm sure they meant as a compliment and was a compliment revealed how they think about teenagers in general. And then yeah, you were yeah. the exception to that role rather than, oh, that was amazing. We knew you do a great job, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. yeah, it's very telling. Well,
0: and I think that's also why a lot of these depictions of teenagers just run false to me because I, I they, they usually are, are really one note and not like the dynamic uh, people that they are, you know, that there's just the sort of these Sullen, grumpy, you know, kind of thing that, like, I don't know. I just feel like a teenager is basically a mini adult. So, most behaviors that uh, you expect from adults, you get with teenagers, but just with less training, they're still trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah, I think that is a really compassionate and honest way to look at that. And you think about it too, that which we didn't have the language for then, or I didn't realize, but as you're going through puberty, like there are literally hormones coursing through your body that make it difficult to be in your own skin. And I think actually most teenagers that I know when I was a teenager and even teenagers that I've either like babysat for, or like taught acting to, they handle it with a lot of grace.
0: When I loved at the end when Samantha says you should enjoy being children, and that maybe the Dairy Queen working at the Dairy Queen wasn't so bad, that was a nice moment. I thought,
1: thought. Rachel, I I don't know what was up with me, but I cried at that moment because I see (laughs) Samantha. I think we talked about a little bit when we were chatting with Megan too about Charlotte's wedding, how they don't reveal a lot about the girls' past, and that's by design. And mm-hmm. while I think that's very effective, having a little glimpse into Samantha's past and knowing that she wasn't necessarily like this extremely precocious teenager, she actually was a kid, I thought was really speed and heartwarming.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so Miranda decides to get braces uh, in this episode and uh, and then she is kind of, it, it's it's enough of a problem that she gets rid of them because she then she also sees somebody with uh, the expensive braces then the woman's like those are old school vintage
1: (laughs) vintage braces I have
0: I have thought from time to time because I had a little crowding in my bottom teeth there uh, and I've thought from time to time oh maybe I should eventually get braces but it just seems like I've got enough going against me in the dating world. I don't need to have braces.
1: Well, first of all, by the way, with bottom, te- this is what I've heard. I have crooked bottom teeth too. And I've heard, and this could be like a old wives tale probably is, but if you've crooked bottom teeth, then that means you're a good kisser. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: Um, I, 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 can't, have- I, I can't open a starburst with with. with- <laughs> That's supposedly what I always heard is that if you can open a starburst, yes. pick the wrapper off with your tongue, then you're, yes, I, I absolutely can.
1: Oh, I can't. Oh my gosh. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, you have lots of good things going for you in the dating department <laughs> and I'm learning more of them as we go.
0: You can tell, tell, tell all your friends, like I said, I'll have dinner. I'll have a meal with anybody.
1: <laughs> Rachel will have a meal with anybody, and she can open a starburst with her tongue. That's all. That's all you need to know. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we do get more with Charlotte and Trey. We find out that he basically, in my opinion, is a porn addict. I mean it. It, it is it is stopping him from being able to participate in his life effectively, uh, and yeah. I think he he needs to seek treatment honestly i think it, it's it's stopping him from being he says oh i'm i'm just not a sexual person but then we find out that he is it's just with porn and uh, and so you know he he needs to get help
1: yeah i think it it's so troubling to see him and to see this unfolding in this way because you know, everyone has different views on porn, but some people really enjoy it and they use it as a means to either enhance their relationship or if they're not in a relationship. But when it is coming, like in between you and having a a sex life with your partner that is mutually satisfying for the two of you, I mean, it's just... It, it, it feels so wrong because he's wanting to keep that part of himself so separate from
0: Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, that's when it becomes a, a problem. If, if it's becoming something that is keeping you from, from being an actor participant in your life, then, uh, then you need, you need help at a certain point. And, uh, that, it seems like he's not willing to sort of acknowledge that or even try to see where Charlotte would be coming from. I mean, how can he possibly think that this wouldn't be a problem? I mean, of course it's going to be a problem.
1: Yeah. Even when the therapist is like, well, what kind of porn was it? Oh, good. Now we know he's not gay. I was like, I didn't like that celebrating any, like, it's also fine if he is gay. Like I just sort of was like, I don't, I think you need a new therapist. I think we need to, put the porn on the back burner for at least a little while like we need to get you sorted. <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. Uh what did you think of all of the scenes with Carrie and Wade smoking pot? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, oh, said- Rachel, I
1: loved them. I thought it was so cute to see a very teenage like girly almost sweet side of Carrie like when she's like, "Thank you, Mrs. Adams. I'll see you for dinner, Mrs. Adams." Yeah. <laughs> and then with with the fried chicken Rachel, I was beside myself. Why'd they have so
0: much of it? <laughs> oh my
1: there were like three beyond-
0: buckets at least. <laughs>
1: it was like beyond the level of like, you know, the the munchies of yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's like, no, they had so much fried chicken. If they ate that much fried chicken, you'd be vomiting. Like there was so much. <laughs> right. you know, and I don't know, does pot, hard.
0: does pot give you the munchies? I've never so, known that. like,
1: apparently yes, <laughs> apparently but like, yeah. I don't think like three buckets of chicken worth of munchies. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think like that level. But when, um, when he heard his mom coming home, and she's like
0: throwing chicken across the <laughs> yeah. balcony, that was very funny.
1: <laughs> it is, this is peak Sarah Jessica Parker being like the wonderful, quirky comedic actress. Because I'm, I'm not gonna be, I'm gonna be honest, Rachel. We came off of some really bad Carrie episodes, and I needed to really like her again, and these episodes mm-hmm. made me not that we don't we see her sure as a flawed human being but i didn't dislike that
0: Mm -hmm. i agree so this ended up being a pretty fun episode as well we and it was cute which she's like getting very excited about records and and sticks and then she likes (laughs) she likes cheesy glam rock we know that now (laughs) yes we do (laughs) so yeah, I also I think we'd give this one an 8. I feel like all three of these were eights.
1: Yeah, this was a really solid, fun um group of episodes. I can see now why um it, both you and Megan were saying about the last episode how it felt like it's a season finale, but this felt like it almost um did push the restart button. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, we're starting with something new and I think we really needed that. I did not need I did not need any more big drama. I just needed getting back to basics with my girls.
0: Yeah. I mean, watching these in order like this, because usually I would have watched them out of order. Uh, and it's made me realize just how much I don't like big that much. I don't really like his character. I think he's rude. I think he's inconsiderate, but they have pretty good chemistry. I think she honestly has the best chemistry with Big over Aiden or anybody else. Um, she has the best chemistry with him, but that can only get you so far. You still have to be a nice person.
1: I agree. Especially how you said I've never watched them in order either. And I think that even when it just like that was starting, it's sort of like an all's well that ends well thing with Big in the way that, like, I mean, we'll get into it when we get to that season, but you know, him sort of coming to her rescue at the end and like um being, there is sort of this romantic thing of like, it was always big and he does get a little bit better as it goes on, I think. But honestly, like I'm, I'm the same as you. I realizing how much I just like big and actually how much I liked Aiden, not necessarily for Carrie, but he's mm-hmm. a really good guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well these have been fun let us know if you're listening what you think of these three episodes are you team new york or team la we want to hear in the comments or on twitter and uh, jacks where can we find you
1: at jacqueline c tweets on twitter and jacqueline collier on instagram
0: great then you can find me at rachel's reviews all of our social media itunes youtube and on rotten tomatoes so check that out also, make sure you're following us at City Girls Pod on Twitter. And uh, make sure you're following the Homeworkies Podcast, the Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all over social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us so much, five stars. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the Patreon Group and merch store. And you can get City Girls Pod merch. And so check that out. And, uh, Thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.